Blog Talk Radio. Now, 
no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. We wanted to get into a conversation about a jazz man's blues that's being shown on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. How did you come? How did the job opportunity come about? Um, actually, Angie Wells is who referred me um, for the job, so I am very appreciative and grateful to her for putting my name in there for that. And, um, and it just kind of happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. She referred me. I got a phone call, and I was hired within that phone call, and that was it. Well, how much well, for those of you who do... okay, what for the. For those of you who don't know, Angie Wells is another uh, makeup artist. Yes. And, and um, the um, from the phone call, how much time was from the phone call until you had to actually start the show? Um, the phone call, and you have to remember, this was the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll take exactly. I am pulling out my diary to tell you. I got referred on March 8th. I was hired on March 9th. Wow. And you start start shooting on what day? We started on... I know you get it, right? <laughs> I know you I know you get it, right? And you wrapped on March eleventh. <laughs> yep. When the photography started May third and finish um wait a minute, no. It finished June second. So we, we it was a nineteen day shoot all together. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was a 28-day shoot, but I was so wrong. I went back, and, and I looked at all my call sheets. It was a 19-day shoot. It and, probably started um, as 28 days. That's probably how they sold it to you. Right. And so, so, <laughs> so I think maybe probably we had maybe um, prep. Like, you know, you get hired, but you don't go on payroll right away. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so so by the time I got on payroll, um, because I had to do some of the prep here as far as getting so much together, um, I actually have a whole diary with it, with what I was doing, to tell you the truth. Um, so, like, my stuff didn't really start until the end of March. You know, I was doing stuff all along, but the, the real, when I right. got on the payroll, wasn't until the end of March. So because of the nature of the shoot and because of, again, complicated by COVID and with not having accessibility to actors right away and because initially um, we had to do prosthetics on, 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 on our, one of our leading actors and um, and that was quite an ordeal for what mm-hmm. was required. And to get the actor was in New York, and there was no way, and my prosthetic person was in Georgia, Omar, Omar Sofredo, and um, so I had to find somebody in New York to do the live cast and then get that down to Georgia. 
it created a lot of complications, you know. It, it was it was not the ideal situation. It's something in hindsight that we should have both said, oh, we got to really think about that one because of the, the length of time, not enough time to do what you needed to do um, to the extent of what you needed to do it, you, you know. Um, so, so it created a lot of challenges. And, um, and you know, we, had, we also had to find um, – somebody to do eyes, to do lenses, contact, contact lenses. So it got very complicated very, very quickly. Wow. Yeah, it got very complicated very quickly because initially I was dealing with somebody in Los Angeles, but he was only going to be able to fly in, but then the actor wasn't flying into Atlanta. So it just was just so much more complicated than I wanted it to be. So I was like, you know what, let me just take charge completely and let's just deal with one person in Atlanta who I know can do it and be on site because to, because of COVID to have to fly somebody in and the wait in time and it, it just, it, none of it made any sense. None of it, was, it, it became, it was, it, it was much more complicated than I anticipated. But nevertheless, I pushed forward, you know, um, and, you know, you try to do the best you can when challenges arise and not look at look at the end result and not in the, the the complications you have to go through to get to the end result. And you know, unfortunately those are the things that no one ever sees. They only see what's up on screen. They never see the back right. the back end of what we as artists sometimes the hoops we have to jump through to make it look as though we've done nothing. Right. <laughs> You know, and um, and 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 I and I, I can't stress this enough. And and you know, in hindsight, you look back and you go, "Oh my God, I have to put a team together." Everybody in Atlanta was working. Everybody was working. Trailers were unavailable. You know, um, it, it and and then we weren't shooting in Atlanta to start off. We were shooting in a place. Well, I thought it was going to be Savannah, but I don't. I don't. You know, by not knowing Georgia very well, I'm really bad with American geography. I, I mean, I, I, I admit it. I'm bad with it. Um, and so I, not knowing Georgia very well, um, it was a nightmare just to even get to Savannah, you know. Had I known, I would have flown up to Jacksonville, and it would have been an hour um, to Savannah. Right. But I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. So that was a nightmare to get to Savannah. And we were 40 minutes out of Savannah in a place called Hinesville, Georgia. Mm. Um, that unto itself is a whole story, <laughs> but 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 that's that's what it required. So my team, I I you know my team, um, all met me down there, and um and then we just had to start. We didn't have a production office, so we were working out of my hotel room until we we, we until production was set up. You know, um, so trying to put it all together was was quite challenging. Um, because we still had a lot of photos to, to copy and, you know, organizing and shopping. And then the things weren't, the shops weren't there in that area. We had to drive into Savannah to do the shopping. So um, let's, 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 let, let's back up just a little bit. So after you got this job, or, or let's just say any job for this matter, like what's your first step? Like what's the first thing that you do once, you, once you've been hired? One, 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 the first thing I needed to do was to see the script. That is the first thing mm-hmm. I needed to do was read that script to see what I was saying yes to. That's the, right. the very first thing I needed to know. What am I saying yes to? 
And then once you um, find out what you're saying yes to, how do you how do you prepare from that point? Then the next step is who can I bring in to help me execute this? Who who can I rely on? Who can have my back? Who can do all the things that's needed? Who can move at the pace that we need them to move at? So again, because I don't live in Atlanta, that means I have to fly and be flown into Atlanta and set up shop. So who can I rely on? Who can be a foot soldier for me? Who can find things, do things? Who who's available out of the pool that I know, you know, and who I wanted to use? None of them were available, including you guys. So then I had to go look resources. What do I do, you know? And and that was really important for me, is is working with people who can understand my personality. That was, you know. Yeah, that. So that was my next that step. was. That was one of the hardest things for us when we were on till was, you know, finding people to work. Like we had our core team, but like finding additionals to work, it was it was hard because, you know, for that particular show, at that particular time, you had the studio wanted you to be vaccinated. Right. And so, you know, and that's like both both vaccinations, not just one, but but two. And so mm-hmm. it was hard finding people who had both, you know, some people may have had one vaccination or none at all. And so it was hard trying to get additionals to work, you know, because yeah. like you said, there was a lot going on. And so the same with us, there was a lot going on. And, you know, we, we had busy. Georgia was very busy. Yeah. Cause we had, we had left one show temporarily to do till. And so the people that we put in place on that show, it was like we were all competing for for the same additionals. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's, exactly, that's, exactly, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, just not having any available trailers. And um, because, again, everybody was going back to work at the same time. So, so it, it, created, it created a lot, a lot of scenarios that I wouldn't want to repeat. That's the truth. I really wouldn't. Um, and, and, you know, again, when you, when you look back, in hindsight, you go, oh, how in the world are we able to accomplish what we accomplished? Um, because that was the first, well, in addition to the script, the second thing was making sure that everybody I spoke to had their vaccine or was willing to go and get that second vaccine before they worked with me. Right. Right. And, and that, that's what I put in place immediately. Yeah. Now, that, that was your requirement? That was your requirement or... Or that was my requirements before we even knew what they required. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that that was me yeah. being preemptive, just going, you know what, this is supposed to happen. You know, you never know if things are going to happen until you get the first paycheck to clear the bank. Uh-huh. So I, I'm like, you know what, this is what's coming up. I would love to have you on my team, but I need you to do this. We've got to get this done first and make sure that you have got that, first of all, that you can travel, and second of all, that you've got those vaccines in place. And, and those, yeah, are my, those are my, my, my initial requirements. Yeah, sometimes you have yeah, to make just waste some time. Yeah. Sometimes what? I didn't hear you. She said sometimes, she said sometimes you have to make up your own rules. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you do because... 
sometimes you you don't know what production's going to do. And again, it's a corporate hierarchy. You know, it's a corporate hierarchy. So so you're dealing with a lot of stuff. So so sometimes you you have to have that managerial hat on all the time. You know. To, mm-hmm. to, to this is this is in the, in an ideal world. This is what I would like to happen. So let's jump the gun, get those things in place, so that when that final phone call comes in, I don't have to worry about those things. They're already done. Right. Right. And then that's that's kind of how I, I I see stuff. So and and once I read that script, I knew that I needed a big department. I knew it was more than just myself. <laughs> of course. <laughs> huh? How many people? How many people did you have in your department? My core team started off as five. Of oh, five okay. People. Yeah, my core team started off as five people, and um, and then the adi- the additional person, a sixth person, which was a, a temporary person who did all the the life gas and stuff in New York. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so when you're, when you're now, was that the five on your core team, did they all do principles or did some of them work with background? No, we needed for the principles. We had a big a big principal cast and they played. Gotcha. Then we had to bring in people for background. We had to bring in people for background. But again, that was tricky because they had to drive from Atlanta to Savannah. Well, not Savannah to Hinesville. And the, the, right. as a matter of fact, when 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 we got them, they literally while they were on the road, I was calling them to say check into the hotel, and then head straight to set. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was. After driving four and a half hours, it was check into the hotel and come straight to set to work. There is no time to wait. Now you, now you all didn't utilize the manpower that was in Savannah or they South were, Carolina? Whoever, whoever was in Savannah was working on the show. Wow. There was nobody available. There was, there was a big show happening in Savannah at the same time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, we bumped into a few people when we went to Savannah shopping. They were doing, they they were shooting down there. So whoever was in Savannah was fully booked. So we reached out to whoever we could get in, in Atlanta, and you know the surrounding areas. Mhm. Yeah. So that you know that it was, it was tough. It was it was not easy. It was not easy. You know, we were down there. We were down there with 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 you know high boots and and grass, <laughs> tall grasses and. Fight a marsh, and you know, it was not easy. Oh yeah, scratch Savannah. <laughs> it was it was not easy. It was not easy. You know, and then up in the mountains of Ludowicki, I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. I don't want to do damage to to the word, but I think that that's what it was. We we shot, we shot in nineteen days in eight locations. <laughs> Midway, Hinesville, Ludowicki, Sonora, Hamilton, Atlanta, Monroe, and Macon. <laughs> I stayed in five different hotels. Oh, God. 
in 19 days, okay? Wow. For, for a period to 1940, 47, and 87. Um, I don't even know how I survived. I really don't. I've never done anything like that before. Wow. Are you laughing? Yeah, I am. Because <laughs> I don't, there's, I mean, oh, my God. 19 days, five different hotels, and a bunch of small towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you, know what, you know what, Denise and Janice? I didn't realize it until um, like a week or two ago when I went back through the, the old call sheet and I started writing down. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Where did I get 28 days from? Maybe it was 28 days in total with the prep. Could have been. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe it had to be 28 days in total with the prep. And I was looking at the call sheet. Eight different locations. Am I crazy? Wow. Am I crazy? Yeah, I went back and I looked at it because, you know, I I was puzzled. And then once I pulled up that call, the first call sheet, and then I went back to all the call sheets because I was like, oh, no, this can't be. Maybe I'm reading something. No, I was like, oh, day nine of 19. Oh, day eight of 19. Day 14 of the. Well, nothing has changed, so it's only 19 days. I said, oh, my God, what was I thinking about 28 days? No wonder I was so tired. I could not understand it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, uh, a very aggressive shoot. Oh my God! Like, I, how, I, how how long is the movie? The movie is um and how long is the movie? 128 minutes, I think. Okay. I have to look back and see. I can look back and see, but I, I think it's something like that. Yeah, so like right at two hours, a little over two hours. Yeah. yeah. So what did you what did you find when when you were offered the job and? Okay, let's 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 let me ask you this. So when you were offered the job, why did you say yes to the job? Because this is before you read the script. So why did you say yes to the job? I mean besides one, I you know we all need money to pay our bills, but you know, other than that. One, I was available. Well, I made myself available. Mm-hmm. Two That's a good question. I never thought about that. Hmm. I don't know. Because I was leading to my to my next question. My next question was going to be like, what? Okay. Because my next question was, what was special about the project to you? Like, you know, once you read the script, what was it about the project that was special to you? Well, I I have this affinity for period period shows, and I thought this would be interesting to do. Um, and I, I you know, and I like the script. I I I I like the script, and um, I thought, well, this would be a good challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things that I thought would be an interesting project to do, and because I'd had so much prior experience with period shows, I I I I actually probably said yes before I understood the 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 dilemma of of working in such a short time period. Mhm. Mhm. I, I probably was a little bit premature in saying yes, you know. Right. 
Right. How many hours did you all do normally? Well, the first week I did 104 hours. Okay. Do I need to answer anything else? Not about some hours, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is crazy. The first week I did 104. Again, you you only shot for 19 days, so. Yeah. And, I mean, um, to shoot a two-hour movie, we know how much time, it, you know, realistically it would take. And 19 days yeah. is not enough. No, it's not. And, and not, you know, you know, one of the things that I did do was, like I always do normally, but the, one of the first things I did after I read the script, tried to put my people in place, and all the, I called all the actors and introduced myself to them and tried to get a feel of how they saw the characters and stuff, because I realized once I hit the ground in, in Georgia, it was going to be movement. It was not going to be time to, to think about anything else but movement, you know? Mm-hmm. So I tried to make sure that I was abreast of what their nuances and idiosyncrasies were and their likes and dislikes and stuff, because and, and how they saw the characters and how we wanted to go about developing the characters and stuff, because... That was important to me. I wanted to make sure that that I could make them feel comfortable. I wanted to make sure that my, my team could make them feel comfortable. I wanted to make sure that they understood that because of the, the nuances and the, the, the amount of time that we're going to have to shoot this in, that everyone at some point in time was going to be touched by every member of my team. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to onboard them to know that this is, this is critical. That that there, there's no there's no oh I only do so and so and I only do you know what I mean it's none of that it's it's everybody will be touched by one person or another on the team because a lot of times once we get them once I get send somebody out of my chair they're off to the set so then the next person's in you know so we right. get everybody out so once they go to set I'm not touching them right there and then. Sometimes right. it takes a while before I get to the set because of all the things that I have to do to get things going for the day and trying to mm-hmm. figure out what we're doing the next day. Right. So it was, was I, so I knew that I had to make sure that I set up that scenario very early and not wait until I landed in Georgia to say, oh, by the way, this is how we're going to do things. Right. Um, so it, it required me to be mentally, it was like mental gymnastics. Constantly. I get that. <laughs> yeah? That's it, I get that. Yeah, it was mental gymnastics and, and literally my team reading my mind. Because it was constant, it never stopped. and. You know, one of the difficult things is when you're wrapped and you don't get a call sheet early, you, you don't know how to prepare because you don't know when right. to go to sleep because you don't know when you have to wake up. Right. So dealing with a lot, a lot of that. And, um, you know, those are things nobody sees. There are no subtitles on the screen that say we go through all of that. Right. Or we didn't get a good night's sleep. So my brain's not rested and I'm not thinking straight. And there are absolutely no subtitles that um give hints to what we do. Definitely. Oh, not. the director's in a hurry and, and, and you know, and you've gotta skip that, you know? Nothing. 
So th- those are my yeah. initial those are my initial challenges. And you know, and in, in, in addition, in the middle of shooting, having to move out of the makeup trailer in to TPS, then out of TPS back into another makeup trailer. So that meant wow. shopping on my on my day off to to create um for containers and organizing things to to just so that when I moved out the trailer it wouldn't be as chaotic. You know, because you know when once you once you move into a trailer it's yeah, yeah. at home <clears throat> for sure. So, so so you you get it you make it comfortable. And and so yeah. to have to move out of in the middle of shooting. With a major, a major production photo shoot, um, I, I don't know how to tell you how that worked. It was like an 18-hour day. Well, the movement actually was like a more 20-something-hour day, it seemed like. And then to go back to a hotel and sleep for a couple of hours then to get up and do a major photo shoot was not easy. And then to get back home and be ready for Monday work, you know. So it, it, it was quite challenging. Wow. I don't know. Like I, said, I don't know how we did it. I don't know. And you know, and our hairstylist was making wigs, doing wigs nonstop. So it was, wow. It was, it, was, it, was, it was quite. It was quite a, a feat. One that, uh, like I said, I don't even know how we how we got through it. You know, but we did. You know, and you know, you come home and then you try to recuperate. Yeah. It's it's. It's 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 mental gymnastics. That that's what it is because you want it to be right, you know. And 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 that's the thing when you care about what you do, you want it to be right, you know. And um, so once we got that part, I mean that that was the hardest part of the beginning and and, and setting up, you know, because you want to set up your office in the trailer, you want to set up all the things that you need, your printers and. Your continuity books and your research books and and your mood boards for your background people and all the above, you know. And we had to set up a prosthetic lab because there was no room to run back to Atlanta where Omar's stuff was. So he had to bring everything that he could possibly think of and set up a full lab, full, full lab to run stuff. On the makeup process. Is your process for designing um, designing the look for period movie or TV show any different from, um, I mean, I know the looks are different because it's a different period, but what's, well, let me just ask, what's your process for, for designing looks for a period show? First, when I read that script, I look for the years that we're working on. And I look for the time lapse. Because I need to see how much time, you know, that time in breakdown to see how much time has transpired. Um, Once I fully understand the period date, I look at my characters and I see which one of those characters have to be evolved over the period. So with this one, I knew that 1987 was the older Hattie Mae and her grandson, Jonathan Dupree. The only thing I had to worry about for the 1987 was 
the aging of her, her hands. And initially we, we'd aged her face. But, you know, dealing with, uh, 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 you know, we can't, we don't age well without prosthetics. We, we can't. It's hard. So, so right. um, to age her, to age her forty years because that was a forty year difference. And you can't do it with stretches, stepping. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, and the reality of trying to do something like that with the time constraints is not realistic. It really isn't. We must have been stark raving crazy to even figure that out. I mean, my whole solution was we really needed an older version of Hattie Mae, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. To create a of which we ended up doing. We did. We got ended up bringing doing reshoots and bringing in an older version of her. Because that was, my, to, yeah. that was my initial thing with the the time constraints. Why go through that? Just bring in an older version, you know. We don't right. have enough time to, to do it the way we need to do it to make it work. And because you don't have access to the actors right there at hand because of COVID. She's in New York. I'm in Florida. Omar's in Georgia. There's no going back and forth because of COVID. If this was without COVID, it would be a different scenario, but it wasn't. So we had to deal with it. You know what I mean? Mhm. Right. So that was the main. So once I once I understand the years, then I start researching. For so this it was nineteen forty forty seven. That that's the big nineteen eighty seven. I didn't even think about. It was just a forty forty seven, because, and we had two different scenarios. We had your your sharecropper, and your juke joint, up in up in the hills. So so that the sharecropper presented one type of scenario, then your juke joint presented, you know, black people who started to make a little bit of money in that area, right? Um, in the Hinesville area they started to make a little bit of money. So 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 you had a variety of from your sharecropper to maybe those working on the railway and all sorts of different scenarios, but some of them were making a lot more money than where they were in Midway as sharecroppers. Do you know what I mean? So we mm-hmm. had two completely different looks there. And then we had those in the Chicago area where the upscale Club Royale where black folks couldn't, couldn't were entertainers there, but they couldn't be patrons. So you had the white upper middle class patrons who had to look a certain way, and then you had the black entertainers. What to look a certain way. So right. those were the three three different scenarios we were dealing with. So once we figured out, I figured out what those were, then it was a matter of creating looks for them, you know, and putting my mood board together. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, gotcha. that's the process, you know. So then once I put that mood board together, you, you can see a visual of where where we were going. Right. Now, you've, you've mentioned um, Omar a few times, your special effects artist. So, like, what are some of the things that you look for when you're hiring a, um, an effects artist? Well, I, I, I knew Omar, and we have a history together. 
So I knew he could do what I needed done, and I knew that we could work well together as a team because we worked side by side when we were teaching at the school. So I knew I knew from that aspect, you know what I mean? And, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have challenges with each other. And and I also knew somebody need, needed somebody who 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 could allow collaboration. Right. And a lot of times right. when, a, when when you're dealing with effects, a lot of times production tends to bring on effects without even talking to the makeup artist. They don't even right. try to, to put a relationship together. You're right. You know, and you come on and then you find out, oh, they've hired Joe Blow Effects team, who you really have no relationship with and they do what they're gonna do and you know, sometimes you have no you have no say or nothing in it. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be part of and I wanted to be able to collaborate with him and be part of the whole decision making process and, and all those things, you know, I mean because again, we have no time to fix anything. So I, I wanted to make sure that I was a part of everything. That that was so important to me. And we need we needed that because of how the chain of command worked in this particular scenario. We really needed that. So that was important. Getting getting the right effects person, and then getting, you know, a team together that could just move. Mm-hmm. And, and just get the job done. That that was that was critical. Understanding what your job was, and then going in there and doing it without feedback. Really, this was not the show for feedback. It just wasn't. It's a different kind of show. Very different kind of show. It's it's. I tell you, it's, this show was not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it was not. It was not for the faint of heart. It was, there's too many moving. Too many moving. Let me rephrase. Too many unpredictable moving parts. And and, and, yeah. and I say that very soon. A lot of unpredictable moving parts. And um and, and that 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 part was very difficult to to deal with. So you always had to be three or four steps ahead of what you were thinking of. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know, um, when, um, when it's like that, yeah, I'm, hello? I lost you. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Oh, we can now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, should, you were saying when it's like that, when it's like that. Yeah, I was like that. It's already bad enough you have a lot of moving parts, but when you have unpredictable moving parts, um, it it makes you afraid of messing something up, like, you know, getting the continuity right, um, mm-hmm. you know, it making especially when you're going through different periods. I, you, I heard you say 47, and I heard you also say something about in the, like, I think 87 or something like that, just making well, sure yeah, that. 40, 40, 47, and 87. Yeah, it's just like making sure you're you're in the right time period, making sure, you know, everything is, the continuity is on point. It's like we have so many different unpredictable things, it, you have to be on your A game. You know, one of the biggest, the hardest things, and I look back and I go, one of our actors, Ryan, Egg, 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 oh, God, let me not mispronounce his name. I'll tell you in a second. Ryan, um, oh, God, Ryan, give me two seconds. I'll tell you his name. 
um, Ryan, 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 Ryan. Um, he played Ira. Um, um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Egg, Egg, Egg Hall, I think it is in. It starts with an E in any event. But he had a full beard because she's on a regular show. He had a full, 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 full beard. And I'm like, we got to cut this beard. We got to get rid of this beard. So it worked great and perfect when he was sick, when he had his malaise, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when he was the manager at this upscale Club Royale in Chicago, the beard needed to go. It just would not have been appropriate. Fortunately, <laughs> it worked out that we shot everything with that beard before we shaved him. And I don't know what we would have done. Oh, wow. Because we had no time to do a lace beard for him. Right. We had no time for not even a mustache, you know what I mean? So my fingers and my entire body was crossed that the time sequence and the shooting sequence would allow us to shoot this beard, shave him, get stubble, and make it work. That was the biggest, biggest challenge on the planet because I'm talking full sideburn, mustache, beard, everything. So that was a very difficult process. Wow. Yeah. Yep. We had, we had a few challenges in this, but, you know, it's, it's and keeping pin our two female leads who are trying to pass for white, keeping them out of the sun. So they were slathered in sunscreen every day. And, you know, even for touch-ups, we had umbrellas over them because we had to keep them out of the sun because didn't want freckles showing up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff, and then you know the, the humidity in, in in Georgia. You know how much makeup could you put on? You can't put on a lot with all the humidity and stuff. And Leanne, she was crying the whole time. She her character is very very sad. So it was constant, constant, constant. I mean, I, I was, and she worked all the time. I think she probably had a day off. So it was it was it was constant with her. It was constant. She had two two different looks. One, the young, scraggly seventeen year old mm-hmm. before we're unkept, you know, being physically and mentally abused by her grandfather. So we had that look. Young, scruffy, you know, nails short, not groomed the whole nine yards, until her mom came and took her away. And she's gone for seven years. So seven years later she comes back. So she comes back as a a very sophisticated, you know, white woman. She leaves as a young black scraggy girl, comes back as a white woman. And um and and more polished, married to a white man, you know, um, and trying to keep her secret up. So you don't see her without makeup in that sense. She's always made up. And the mother, you never see the mother undone. The mother's hair is always done. So, so it required quite a bit of, of, of being on top of it, you know. 
So she so right. man had two different the mother and then having the nails done. I had to have I had to have all the nails done. So that, you know, at the dinner table and when you saw them, they were all they were polished by then, you know? Because they couldn't they could not let their secret get out. Even if the husband knew about the secret, he couldn't let it get out because then he would look like the laughing talk. Mm-hmm. Even if he had any suspicions, you know what I mean? So so everybody mm-hmm. had to keep up pretenses. And and we just we just couldn't let her. So so it meant staying on top of stuff constantly, constantly. And and so she had two looks. Addie Mayo had had um the younger Hattie Mae, where you know, where she's the washerwoman, she had that one look, um, where it's like a very strong no makeup look, and then where when she becomes the nightclub owner, then you could see her fixing herself up a little bit more. But you know, I kept the nails. The nails weren't done because even though she wasn't a washerwoman anymore, she still the only thing she really worried about was just putting on a little lipstick to run that club at night. Right. So we gave her a more, a little bit more, you know, a, a look and and um, and stuff. And it was great because um, Mia was able to use her own texture here to create the, to show the beauty of her own texture to create the 1940s look. So, and it was nice to be able to just the position of her texture here with Sipsy, who the two had different textures, um, curly, kinky hair. But to be able to use both of their own natural hair to do the roles and stuff of the time period was great. That that worked really nicely. Yeah. Well, Marietta, as and, a department head, let me ask you, as a department head, what do you feel needs to change about how we work in this business? You know, I've been giving that a lot of thought lately, and I think – Producers and directors, they hire people to do shows without really knowing if they could department head or not. Lately, I've mm-hmm. seen that's the truth. Um, they're not looking for qualifications, per se. You know, um, you know, Instagram is not... Uh, 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 um, doesn't tell me if you can department head or not, you know. And I find that they don't know what kind of questions to ask. They don't know how to interview us. They they get the positions, but I don't think they spend. I don't know of one producer, one director who has ever spent a considerable amount of time in the makeup and hair trailer getting to understand what we do. I don't think they take the time to understand what we do. I don't even know if they care, really. I I I think those days are over. Mm-hmm. I hate to say, I hate to say it. I think those days are over. Um, I I don't I don't. They ask us the dumbest questions on the fucking planet. You know, and um, I I don't think I don't, you know. They they want presentations and stuff. Okay, so I can show you a presentation that somebody else has done for me. You know what I mean? That don't mean right. I can execute that presentation. You know, um, 
So I, I think there's things that need to change. I really do. Uh, I don't know how we're going to make changes, though. Um, I, I, and I think when, when, when people offer jobs, if it's out of your realm of um, knowledge, I think you should be big enough to say, you know, as much as I would love to do this, I think this is more than I can handle. Right. Or is there a way right. that I can do this and, and work under somebody who's got more experience than I do? But I think our egos are so big and we're so hungry to take charge that we don't know how to do that. I don't think a lot right. of us are humble enough to say, oh, no, I can't take this job. This, this is a job for me. I really don't think that we know how to do that. And at the end of the day, a lot of us. I didn't hear you. At the end of the day, a lot of us went. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? No, I can. Oh, okay. I would say at the end of the day, a lot of artists just need the education, um, the knowledge of what they're doing. So can you talk a little bit about your classes and how your classes will help um, artists who are trying to work on film and TV? Um, my, my class, my film and television class on um, the duties and responsibilities of the makeup artist is probably the most robust class I've ever created. Um, and I didn't realize how in-depth um, – the amount of information is that I put into that class, but because when I started curating it, it was like, oh, wait a minute, there's more. Oh, and there's more, and there's more. I, I didn't realize how much has been floating in my head for 30 years. And, 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 you know, you realize because you do it, there's so much of it that's automatic to people who've been doing it for a long time. So then to actually write it down was really um, very profound for me. It was um, I realized that there's so much that we need to know and we need to understand that we don't know or we don't understand, even uh, even for those who've been in the business for a long time, because you might have learned certain things, but you know you, you might know A and D, but you're missing B and C because you never had that connect. And unfortunately, when we become part of the the, the union and there's no handbook that you get that says, oh, this is how you operate as a department head, as a key, as a second, as a third, as a background, as a personal. There's nothing that's handed to you that says this is what you do, this is how you do it. Um, so if you've learned from someone who was just okay, you're learning only what they know. And and you might not know how to fill in those blanks. For those of us who've been fortunate to run, you know, manage cosmetic counters and stuff and realize that this is management and they're able to fill in the blanks, it helps them considerably. But there's so many little nuances in running the show of how you work with locations, how you work with hair, because before makeup and hair were an entity, now they run separately. They don't no longer run as an entity. Makeup is no longer the department head over here. So here's its own department head, and makeup is its own right. department head. Um, and then you've got personals thrown into the mix, and sometimes they're personal, so they don't get involved, or we don't get involved with them, 
And so there's a disconnect there. And then so you've got all these different elements going, and then you've got your costume department to deal with. Then you've got your ADs and your PAs and the location. So there's so many entities that you have to deal with. If you don't understand how they all come together and how the hierarchy of them work, um, you would, as much as you know and as good as you are with eyeliners and cut creases and putting on lashes and doing contour and stuff, it does not help you when it comes right. to dealing with production and executing the looks of a show and, and creating those characters and evolving those characters. So my class helps you figure out what a brush can't teach you. Literally. Yeah. The business of how this business works as a department head, the things you need to understand and work on to be a good department head. It is not about bossing people around. A key is not about coming in there and telling you what to do. A key is an extension of the department head. And this class helps you to understand all the nuances of both personalities, the people you're hiring to be part of your team, and the personality you need to have to deal with production. Um, it, 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 everybody does not belong inside of a makeup trailer because you're dealing in a small space with a lot of personalities and a lot of energy. So everybody doesn't fit into that energy. Like my husband says, everybody doesn't belong at the party. That's right. Maybe you belong to this party and somebody else at another party, but all those personalities together shouldn't be at that same party. Right. And, 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 and that's important for people to know. So you don't get along with everybody, and everybody doesn't like you. And that's okay. Yeah. But when you choose your department, you have to choose people that are cohesive. Mm-hmm. People. And I'm glad you I'm glad you said Not that. What? I said I'm glad you said that because a lot of people sit around and want to ask you, like, why do you hire the same people? Not that you're. I love you there again. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can hear and you when now. you know, when you know that a particular group of people very well together, a lot of times you don't want to separate that. You don't want to, you know, mess that up. If you can get them all again on the next project, especially if you know they will work well on whatever. Yeah, it's important because you really, you really, um, it's so important. You really want to make sure that, that, that that person you bring in as your key has your back. That person, you know, anybody who's working with me, uh, you know, you want to make sure that they understand what your duties and responsibilities are and how they could best complement your duties and responsibilities, you know. Um, You have to complement each other. And I don't mean saying, oh, that's a good job. Yes, you have to do that too. But you have to kind of, it's like fitting the pieces of that puzzle or that Rubik's Cube together. Um, you know, so-and-so is, oh, great at organization. You know, so-and-so is meticulous when it comes to taking photos and organizing that continuity. You know, so-and-so can keep track of that list really well. You know, so-and-so that can get into your brain so that when you're talking out loud, they know how to write it down. They understand 
the maneuver. It's like choreographing a dance when you work on a trailer. And and this person's got this part and that person's got that part. And they understand when to step in without a word being said because they understand how to read the room. Right. They understand, let me jump in, this needs to be done. You don't have to say, oh, I need you to sweep this. They understand. and and, and Or they'll look at you and they go, let me make sure that she has enough water to drink today. Let me make sure that she eats her food. Take a break, Marietta. Take a break, so-and-so. You know what I mean? They understand mm-hmm. the nuances of all of that. Or they'll say, you know what, you should go home and rest tonight. I'll cover tonight, and then, you know, I'll go home tomorrow. And you, you know what I mean? And take turns mm-hmm. so that we're all not burnt out at the same time. They they, they understand how it works, and, 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 and some people will never get it, and some people get it automatically. Right. And, 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 and that's, 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 that's the beauty of it. And, and some people just will never fit in, you know. So, so you have to understand where you fit in in this big piece of the puzzle and what your personality can and cannot take. It is about personalities too. So so that's that's very, very important to to understand who you are as a person and how you will fit in to this trailer that's you know, and work with others. Some people just don't do that very well. Right. Absolutely. Some people just don't do that very well and and you have to understand your personality. I've been blessed that I understand my personality. I know what I can and can't do. And years ago, I learned that that this is what it needs to be. To I worked as a key a lot, and yeah. I understood this is what it needs to be. Without knowing what a key was, I just knew this is what needs to be done because the rest of the stuff don't make any sense to me. And um and and these are the things that, that unfortunately all these people that are getting into the union right now, they don't know what their responsibilities are. And if we as department heads never learn correctly what our responsibilities are, we don't know how to educate them and treat them properly. And that's what my class does. It teaches you what your duties and responsibilities are and how you can fit into the big picture and where your personality can be best suited and where your personality and your knowledge can be best suited. Some people work extremely well as keys and will do be- become better keys than being department heads. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just finding out where you fit in in the big picture. Some people right. work great as personals. Some work great running backgrounds. Right. Because that is a skill unto itself. Yes, it is. Moving that background, especially in these period shows and getting people through. And, and some people work good as day players and don't belong anywhere close to an inside of a makeup trailer. And that's okay, too. So it's finding out everybody wants to be in the trailer, but everybody does not belong in there. So you have to find out where you fit in 
this part of the puzzle and just do your best at it. Yeah. And that's what my class helps you figure out. Where do you fit in and how can I be best at it? Nice. You know, there, there, there are some people that they are so fantastic at organizing and, 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 and putting those things together. And, you know, they're so good at it and stuff. And, you know, so, so again, it's assessing your skills and your strengths and your weaknesses and trying to figure out where you fit in because, if you're a department head in the show, you don't know how to delegate. You should not be department heading. Right. That's right. You know, you should not be department heading. You know, and, and, and then a lot of people come from corporate and stuff who've got skills, computer skills, because my generation, we're not the most computer savvy. So if somebody's got those skills, that's what you need and that's what you want in your department. Somebody who's good with Microsoft Suite, you know, who's good with Google Suite, who's good with those things, mm-hmm. who can do spreadsheets, who, who can, who, you know, who can do all that stuff, somebody who can use Canva, all of that stuff. Those are really important. So knowing how to hire somebody, who, because everything is techno-based now. So know somebody who can, you know, do all of those things. You know, when production sends, when, when, when a, a, a cosmetic company sends you product and stuff, how to photograph those products to make it look best for that cosmetic company, you know, to thank them. I mean, all of those are little things that you don't think of, but those are the things that help make us stronger departments. And as a department head, you want to hire people who know more than yourself. Of course. Why are you going to hire people that know less than you? You got to hire yeah. this one is strong in this, that one is strong in that. That's what you need to make your department work. Mm-hmm. And and well, man, you know, and, and those are the things. Huh? No, I was going to say, what are your thoughts on your final thoughts on Jazzman's Blues? Like, what, what, um be looking out for when it comes to makeup? Well, you know, one of the things... What, say that? I said, now that um, I'm finally wrapped on my show, I can sit down and get caught up on, you know, stuff that I needed to watch. So that's one of the first things I'm trying to watch. I think one of the most important things is, is, um, because what happens is is, um, people say, oh, this is another Tyler Perry movie. Oh, well. And, and and I think one of the, the important things is to watch is to pay attention to the different transitions of, 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 of the actors, you know. Um, and it's a lot of really clean makeup in there um, and pe- clean period looks, um, the, how the background looks. I mean, we've got dancers in the upscale Chicago Club Royale where all the dancers kind of the similar complexions because they, they had to pass the brown paper bag test, so which means they had to be, they could not be any darker than a brown paper bag. Mm. You know, and, and I think one of the things about doing period shows, especially period shows with predominantly black cast, is understanding our history. Yeah. And, and, and our history cannot be looked at the same way as a white person's history. 
And I don't think the the, the overall um, entertainment industry understands that. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I, I think if you're looking through the same eyes, it doesn't work. You have to look at it from our perspective. Hattie Mae is a washerwoman, you know. So when she's running her nightclub, she's going to put on her lipstick because she's going to look the best with whatever dress, hand-me-down dress she got from somebody that she's been sewing for and washing for. Right. She's going to fit that dress, alter that dress to fit her, and whatever lipstick she got from that white woman she's going to wear. And and she's not going to be tattered and torn, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and hems out of place and stuff. She's going to look, if she's getting on the bus, she's going to be dressed up. You know, and, 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 and there's a lot of things like that that I don't think people understand. Especially because you know you got to be the best. So when you look at it, you look at it and you see the differences with the dancers. And, you know, those dancers, even in rehearsals, they are done because there's 300 dancers outside the door waiting to get their job. Those are prime jobs. Yeah. So those dancers are going to have, they're going to look their best. They're not coming to rehearsals looking disheveled. They're coming to rehearsals looking done. So it's like paying attention to all those little things. It's, it's all the details. The men, you know, they're in Chicago. It, it, it's different. And, and, and just so you know, um, Leanne, which is um, um, Soleil Pfeiffer's character, when she goes up, her mom comes and gets her and takes her up to Boston to polish her up, to make her into a white woman. Mm-hmm. So she's always going to look good. Because she wants a better way of life. You're not going to try to become a white woman to have a, ba- a worse way of life. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, want a better, you want a better way of life. At whatever the cost. So it's all those little nuances and stuff. The nails are done. The tattoos are covered, you know. The nail embellishments are gone, you know. The men... No hair, no facial hair, except maybe a thin mustache for the 40s, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, so it's all of those details that we paid attention to, all of them, you know? Like every, every little nuance we paid attention to. And, and, yeah. and the cinematography, you know, how, how it was shot, you know, because no matter how good we do our makeup, if, it is, if it's not shot properly, what's the point? Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> And, and knowing that, that the climate, the climate, the, the humidity in Georgia, you know, they're not going to be matte faces, you know what I mean? Absolutely they're, not. They're, yeah, they're, they're, there's got to be a glow to the skin and stuff. I mean, that, that's critical, you know. They're not dripping wet, but, they're, 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 you know, it's, it's hot, humid Georgia in the night and stuff, you know. There's no air conditioning in the house. Right. <laughs> You know, so so it's looking, it's looking at all of those things and putting yourself into that. Right. Never mind. They're sharecropping. The movie starts off with sharecropper houses. So, hello, 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's a lot you have to and, pay attention to. Yeah, so, uh, it does, it does, it does. Denise and Janice, there's so much moving in this damn movie at, at one time. I, I look at it, and I don't even know how we did it. There's so much right. moving. And I don't know how Mia did it because, you know, she did five five wigs and lace and not having those actors availability to those actors to fit those wigs uh-huh. was critical. And, you know, she brought about 60 to 70 um, generic wigs down, but those had to be washed in between because you're sharing those wigs in the background. So when those, after those dancers use those wigs and stuff, then the background got wigs. So you got to wash those wigs and re- Set them. So she had. She brought them a huge dryer from New York. She shipped them a dryer and stuff because you you got to prep those things in between. So it was nonstop, nonstop. We we never stopped moving because we never knew when things were going to work. That was one of our biggest problems. Yeah. So we always had to try to stay steps ahead because Addie Mae's hands, first it was this we're going to see, then it was that we're going to see. So we were never sure of what we were supposed to be seeing, you know, because things change at the spur of the moment very, very quickly. So so, so that's why we had a prosthetics trailer and all this stuff happening at one time. That's why when I had, um, what do you call them, when our, our team was coming in, they were literally checking into the hotel and coming straight to the set because something that had to work that same night, you know, so, so it, it was a very tricky dynamic. I'm glad we got through it. That's all I can tell you. But unfortunately, <laughs> none, none, none of that is seen in subtitles. Right. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see it. Um, Matter of fact, when we get off of this call, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and, oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear your feedback. Yeah, so I definitely will be calling you soon to let you know what I think about it. But I'm definitely getting ready to go check it out, and uh, I'll definitely let you know for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I haven't seen I haven't seen Jill yet because I haven't gone in there. I haven't seen Jill yet. I'm dying to see it. I'm trying to see. I think it's in the Academy screener room. I gotta go in there and see. Oh yeah, yeah. From one of the screeners you have. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I got some screeners, but I got like five or six screeners, but they're not sending out screeners like they used to anymore. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're not sending them out. They're sending you like. What are you guys emailing you guys, like a code or something? No, I go in directly into the Academy screening room. Because like, oh, if I was in Los Angeles, yeah, uh-huh. if I was in Los Angeles, I'd be able to go in because they started doing live live screenings again, you know. But but uh-huh. now they, yeah. have, they have the virtual screening room that I can go into, and then what I, I hook it up to my TV to see it. So I can still see it on a you know a larger screen than my computer. Yeah, I had to stop those screeners from coming from the television academy. Oh my! Have, I have, I have no space for them. I don't. I I said to Errol the other day, I said I have so many of them, but so I have to figure out how to send them back to them because you cannot give them to anyone. No, you can't. You can't. So so I have to figure out how to 
pack them all up and get them back to them because they've taken over my house. I have been getting screeners since 1997. Mm. Do you understand the library that I have? (laughs) So I went from VHSs to DVDs. To even to them sending us our own private um, encoder thing. Um, what do you call it? Um, recorded, you know, that play on, you know, like a Blu-ray thing. Yeah. There's, so I've got all the, I'm like, I got to find ways to get this thing out of my house. <laughs> Hello? I keep losing you. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Marietta. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, and you can go to mvma.education for my classes. Oh, give me. Definitely. And I've got mvma.education. I've gotten such amazing feedback from people who have oh, taken good. the classes. Oh, my God. They're like, where, you know, this has really helped to reinforce, um, to help me figure out what I needed to do. Um, this is the part that was missing. This is I knew I was missing something, and this is the chunk that I was missing. And it is just, I've got just tremendous, tremendous feedback from everyone who's taking the classes. And, and that makes me feel oh. really good because I, I know I've done the right thing to help people get to another level. Right. And, and that's, that's the most important thing to me is to help people get to another level because it, it's really a wonderful feeling to help to pass that baton to a whole other generation. I cannot believe yeah. I'm saying this, but I am an old timer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I never thought I would be saying that. The reality that's the reality that that's that's the evolution process you know yeah, that's the, absolutely. That, that's what it is and and I want people to learn correctly right I am passionate about that I want you to learn correctly because once you learn incorrectly it becomes so difficult to get to that next level yeah so I want you to learn. I want you to learn correctly. Well, we we look forward to hearing some more um, feedback from from those who take your classes. Uh, need to get some people to uh, do some reviews and post them on IG or something, so people can get an idea. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys, and I look forward to to to, to seeing Till and you know and stuff. Because yeah. I've been hearing such amazing reviews on it, so that that's wonderful. It's so exciting. Yeah, I mean it's an exciting time um, for sure, and I'm I'm just glad that on some of these period um, should you know really begin to see. Uh, Black people 
exactly how they were. You know what I mean? Like if you're. I think that is a whole other education unto itself, Denise and Janice. I really do. I really, really do. I, I, I think people are so used. The stereotypes have become the norm to a lot of people's eyes. And they don't take their time to educate themselves about our history and um and 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 the more you know they just don't and um and it it's it's a very sad kind of thing, yeah, it really is they, yeah they they don't un- everything has been seen through through white eyes for so long and European eyes and white American eyes and stuff for so long. They don't take the time to understand the history and and the photographs of of, of you know um, I mean thank God for the internet now at least you can you have privy to a much more wider border version of, of photographs and stuff but prior to this I mean you had to go into to, to yearbooks and to people's family albums and stuff to really see what people looked like. Mm-hmm. And, and before we go, I just have to share this with you very quickly. Yesterday, I stumbled across upon 20 Pearls. Have you guys seen that yet? What is it called? 20 Pearls. It's the history of AKA. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. It tells you the entire history of Alpha Kappa Alpha, when it was founded and who founded it. And um, and the work that they did across America, it pays homage to the work that they did and what those women did. It's unbelievable, and I didn't even know that that existed. I stum I stumbled upon it yesterday. I'll have to check that one out too. Where is what is oh my god? It where did I find it? It's called Twenty Pearls. Just just Google it and you'll see. I can't remember okay. where I watched it. I think they also have it on YouTube too. I think. Oh, okay. It, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah, I was right. captivated. I, I could not believe it because it's it's things that I didn't know. You know. Right. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Uh huh. I couldn't remember where I saw. You know, sometimes you 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 find stuff and you just don't know where you found it. <laughs> like right. And scrolling and scrolling through, and then I go back and like, where did I where was I watching it? I go, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll check that one out as well. Yeah, put that on your list. It's really worth seeing. Do you guys belong to a sorority? No. Yeah, neither do I. I never, never did that. No, neither neither did I. I. I started to. Yeah, I went to a couple of rushes, but never got around to it. Yeah, I I, I started to, and and the experience off campus is not like on campus. Uh huh. And I was and I was off campus, and I I just couldn't do it. I just I just, I'm like, oh no, uh-uh, I can't do this. So I walked off the line. I walked off the line. Did you? Yep, I sure did. 
Wow. I walked off the. I, I I just I could not I couldn't do it off campus. Uh-uh. And I didn't live on campus. It just was not. It was not a good experience. Uh-huh. And after that, I graduated, and I just never. I never even thought about a grad chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just never thought about a grad chapter. But I look at it from afar, and I admire it and respect it. Of course. And, and the grad chapter would obviously be a very different experience than an undergraduate chapter. Mm-hmm. But you, 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 to, to, I think the experience, you have to be living on campus, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, I'll be checking out a bunch of stuff on Netflix <laughs> and let you know what I think about it. <laughs> Yeah, please but, do. Please do. Please yeah, for sure. Do. I can't wait to watch. Please do. So, please do. Have a wonderful holiday. Oh, yes, you guys do too. Yes, you guys, you guys do too. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, have a wonderful <laughs> holiday, and we'll we'll chat sometime this week. All right. Have a good evening, you guys. Okay. You too. Have a good evening. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. So you guys have a wonderful holiday as well, and um, we'll check you guys back out next Sunday night, of course. And I'm going to go uh, finish working on this project that I'm working on, and then. Check out Jazz Man's Blues. So maybe we'll talk a little bit um, next week, or maybe we may even get on Stasis sometime this week, but definitely not tonight. Maybe we could all chat um, on Stasis before the holiday. Chantina, remind me, please. Um, and just really quickly, because um, I see the usual suspects on the line, but um, – I know y'all saw the pictures, but Sharon Tina and I had a great time with Sharon Tina's photo shoot. So hopefully we can – well, first got to let Sharon Tina first. But hopefully she can share some of those photos really soon. So talk to you ladies later on in the week, hopefully, um, and have a great holiday. Have a wonderful evening, you guys, and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody.